Hello to all listeners. This is Renaud Joran, and I am with Paul Adams. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Hi there. Yes, very well. Thank you. Great. We're back. <laughs> and this is episode 186 of the China Manufacturing Decoded podcast. And today we are covering uh, a product development framework that some of our clients mention from time to time. And so some of our clients use that to sort of gauge uh, the, the progress, uh, especially I noticed, especially in their prototyping uh, efforts. And it, it seems to be helpful in some cases. So uh, it is called TRL, the Technology Readiness Level. Okay, so sort of a product um, maturity level, if you want, right? And we're going to 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 cover this in this episode, starting with where where did it actually originate, right? These kind of things usually come from somewhere. The especially Western USA uh, framework for consumer electronics of EVT, DVT, PVT. Seems like it came from Motorola. You know, these different frameworks tend to come from a certain certain place, like a certain company or institution. So, what what about this one? Where 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 did it appear? What kind of industry did it come from? Well, this was originated from, believe it or not, NASA, um, mm-hmm. and and they needed a framework. And this was back in the 1970s. So this is this framework's been around a long time, mm-hmm. um, and and it's still valid today, to be fair. But so what we have to remember is we need to put everything into context, obviously. And and because this was NASA developing a system that or a framework that they could follow to ensure that they were getting each of their stages, as it were, correct before they move into the next stage of development, um, they 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 come up with this framework um, and they called it technology readiness level. Now each of the levels. There's a, one would assume that there's a stage gate or a process review right. or something like this. Mm-hmm. And, and it was basically um, developed for building a spacecraft. Um, right. so which, uh, which is a low quantity, one off, handmade, very specialized piece of equipment, obviously. Yes. And uh, uh, you, you really mentioned the keywords here, and we'll, we'll get back to that later. This is not really for mass production, usually. So. Uh, but it it is it is an interesting framework. Uh, it's it's been also adopted by the EU Space Agency or whatever they call it. And the way I understand it is that NASA and that EU agency tend to work in the same way, thinking that okay, let's develop something. It's new. We we develop some of it ourselves, or we work with you know contractors like Boeing, Lockheed Martin, and and, and so on. And but when they build it for us, we need also to follow up on the progress because it might take five years. <laughs> but and uh, you know, and we finance them, but we have to see some progress, right? So in that case, it makes sense to see, oh, okay, what level of technology readiness is this? Whatever this module or this entire uh, spacecraft, and maybe. I'm, what I'm thinking, I'm, I'm pretty sure that what happens is that as they get it validated, oh, okay, this is now level three, you get some funding. Oh, okay, now this is level four, 
is validated, we confirm that, okay, then you get some more funding to get to level five and so on and so forth, right? I think that's why they they really needed to codify it, but it also obviously gives them visibility into the, the, the progress <laughs> and uh, and to plan ahead for each one of the, the different modules and subsystems and so on that in, needed to, to be developed. Uh, otherwise, there's no way to plan for an entire mission uh, that's years ahead, right? So let's actually go into these nine levels of technology readiness and let, let's go through them one by one and try to understand a little bit about what it means, right? So what what is level one, technology readiness level one? Well, I'm, I'm going to lump one and two into mm. uh, one bucket, as it were. And, and this, mm. this one bucket or umbrella is, is the basic research. Okay, so we've got technology mm. ready at level one and level two are all about getting the basic research completed and, and done. So the first level is where we're looking at the basic principles um, and where you're getting down your specifications and, and you're creating your your reports and, and all of the documentation that will support the product. Now, bearing in mind this is, you know, based around a sort of spacecraft, it needs to be very, very specific on on the directions of mm-hmm. each of the elements and components. But the, because this is basic research, you know, we, we need to understand uh, that we have to have uh, things documented down to start with. So mm-hmm. I would assume that uh, so you've got your basic report uh, that will outline the basic principles of the design of the product itself. So that's that. That's level one. So once you've got that done, then you can move into uh, the second level where we look at the the uh, sort of the, the technology a little bit deeper, and that's where we start to look at the the calculations and some of the materials that are potentially going to be used for building the components themselves and understanding the technology uh, from a, a, the next level down or maybe several levels deeper mm-hmm. with respect to what that concept you're, you're, you're trying to develop is. So the basic research is really technology level ready one and level two where you've got your, your initial report the that gives you the sign off with respect to okay this is what we're going to do we're going to take uh call it spacex for example you know we're we're building the the biggest heaviest rocket in mm. the world to take up multiple satellites to space and oh by the way we wanted to come back and uh sort of mm. land um so that that's that's uh sort of very uh groundbreaking technology they didn't just start with a prototype, you know, they needed to start with somewhere. So, and, and that would be your basic report. So level two, that, that's where we're going to see some calculations coming in with mm. respect to, you know, backing up the, the, the initial sort of uh, report put forward with respect to this is what the idea is. Level two is backing up with calculations. Mm. Right. Right. So uh, let's take, Let's try to take a concrete example. For example, if they need a um, something for heat dissipation, then they might think, okay, well, uh, copper would be a good metal, right? And this would be level one, like we have an idea. And level two would be, hey, let's actually calculate how much copper we know, what thickness and what area of the spacecraft to uh, to cover uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. And uh, how fast it would dissipate the heat and how hot it would still get. 
and, and and so on. And they would do some some calculations uh, to to confirm that yeah, it can reach the, this this objective with this uh, this geometry, let's say. And that, um, and and maybe they would also do some calculation, maybe on, or, or maybe not calculations, but maybe some uh, thinking of, hey, what what are the risks here? What could go wrong? What are the top uh, whatever ten or ten uh, sources of risk and so on, right? So you formulate it, uh, you formulate your concept, right? So this is this is level two. This is still mostly theoretical but it could actually be a start of a proof of concept with maybe you have an, an easy way to test it to put it together and test maybe at a very small scale right much smaller uh, and and do a little bit of testing and you already learn a lot from that so that's uh, in a very simple way very simple way right uh, that would still be technology readiness level 2 i think so what what about the next one well, the next ones, uh, are really good. We really should take those one at a time, you know, because there's quite a mm. bit going on here and this is a complex system we're building. Um, so TRL three or level three is, is really, you know, you, you mentioned proof of concept there. This is really where we do start to look at proof of concept and validating mm. all of these, particularly the critical functions within the system itself. Okay. Mm. So we're breaking this down. Um, we're looking at, at this from from an experimental point of view, from you know making sure all of the critical functions um, are covered. Looking at the risks, obviously, um, mm-hmm. uh, of every single aspect, and validating all of those through a proof of concept, and, and you, it's basically a continuous cycle. So you've got your um, analytical and experimental activities going in. Uh, whether that be a computer simulation or, you know, calculations or, or whatever the case may be, you know, then you build out your proof of concept, you know, to prove that hypothesis is actually correct and it can actually move forward. Once that system's done, then, then we've actually sort of passed level three. So we're actually getting into the meat of actually putting some, putting some stuff together, you know, there's the, the real engineering side of things. Um, mm, so this yeah, is where right. we're looking at, the, particularly on the critical functions. Okay, that, that's yeah. super, super, super important. So, starting to 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 put together a proof of concept and and testing it actually is level three. Sorry, so level two is purely conceptual. You know, thinking of risks and make doing calculations to to validate the concept. Yeah, level three is to to start to keep going deeper into the the analysis but also start to to do a simple proof of concept yeah that makes sense so once we yep. have that what is level 4 well then we can actually start now we've got the critical functions out of the way then we can start to look at the other components and start to build that out um, whether that be the electronics on a on a simple breadboard or you know, a simple prototype PCB. Um, we're looking at some laboratory environmental testing. Um, so we're really moving forward through the, through the development process here. Um, and again, we're looking at more validation of the more of a complete system. Um, so once we've got that, that's, that's basically what level four is all about. Mm. So yeah. So it's really, let's, actually try to make it work yeah to put something together the different elements in a simple way to get it to work but this is 
Yeah, this is in a, like in a laboratory environment, right? A very yes, controlled yeah, yeah. environment. Um, just to just to see how things interact and what the result is, basically, right? Exactly. Yeah, and and um, sort of, you know, it, it's um, very controlled. I think that's the key thing here um, in in an environmental mm. simulation. Okay, mm. so it's going to be a laboratory uh, sort of an environment where mm. we're going to be testing either components or subsystems or subassemblies and breaking it down and, and moving each subassembly uh, through that process. Um, to understand, going back to the copper board, you know, this will be a typical area where we expect to, we're not going to build the, the, the one to one scale. Maybe we build a, a one to, a one to 20 scale, one to 50 scale and, and actually go through that process with respect to, okay, these are the calculations. Let's actually subject this copper plate to some heat that we're expecting and analyze the results. Mm, right. So, okay. So this, all of this is done in a controlled setting, sort of in a lab setting. Yeah. What about the next uh, level, level five? Well, this is where we try to actually move out of the lab and into a, a relevant environment. Now, it's not always easy if you're talking about a spacecraft. Um, however, you know, that we could potentially get um, sort of product into, you know, semi-orbit. Um, uh, via various different mechanisms these days. That's not a, not a difficult thing. Um, but it's really a case of like validating again. This is all about validating components, sub assemblies, um, and, and key components in the relevant environment. Mm, that's the key. This is the key words. Yeah. Start to, to put it in, in the relevant environment. And yep. again, this is a very simple sort of rough prototype, right? That's right, yeah, and and really it's down to the component or a sub-assembly um, mm. level, um, small, right. smaller. There's it, certainly not a, a complete spacecraft at this point, for mm-hmm. sure. Okay, so what is level six? Well, we, do, we just mentioned uh, sub-assemblies and, and building mm-hmm. the system. This is where we actually start to um, – uh, level six is really about building a model-scaled prototype of the final product. And demonstrating in a relevant environment, whether that be uh, in the ground or um, up in space or, or wherever the case may be, it, that mm. is where we're actually starting to see the product come together. It's, it's got some life now. It may be a scaled model, um, but it, it's certainly a functional model that is testing all of the systems together. All of the subsystems are talking mm. to each other, and, and it's got a full functionality going on. Mm. Right, right. So um, you mentioned earlier at the, the beginning of uh, when we were talking about sort of the funding, and, and this is obviously a, a critical stage. Well, each of these is a critical stage. Uh, I think every time we go through, and I think the whole framework here is all mm. about making sure that each of these levels is ready in order to move forward to the next level. And, mm. and this will be a, a very good example with respect to, okay, level six, we need a lot of funding here. Um, so you need to make sure that one to five is crystal clear and already been pre-approved by the, the stakeholders. Oh, yeah. I mean, getting from five to six might take two years of work. Oh, uh, easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. definitely. So, you know, when, when we've got six done, you know, once we've demonstrated mm-hmm. the actual system itself and we've got a, a scale model that's working, that we then step it up a gear. Level seven is all about the system prototype and demonstrating 
in a space environment, bearing in mind that we're going to go back to this is a NASA framework from the seventies. Okay. And uh, basically this is where we are getting product up into space. Okay. This, this is where, where, where we would say where the rubber meets the road. In their case, this is where we meet space. Um, so this whole system is, this is again, this, this could be a scaled model or it could be a one to one model. It's, it's basically they're going to send this system up into space. And again, they're going to be monitoring, measuring all of the aspects with, uh, with every single component, every subsystem or everything. They're going to be monitoring everything on that. Mm. And, and this is not the final sign off with respect to this is the final product. This is still a prototype that's going up into space. You got to remember mm. that. Yeah. Right, right. So then once we have the whole system has been prototyped and demonstrated that it worked okay in the right environment, what is the next level? Level eight? Well, it is. It's level eight. And, and I'm, I'm not sure what this is, whether it's a, a paperwork exercise, whether it's a, a funding exercise, or whether it's like turning the wrenches exercise but this is where the actual system has completed its flight what they call a, a flight qualified test and demonstration and and that's basically the the approval to move on to go launch as it were yeah. which will be which will be level nine so level nine. yeah level eight is really all about the, it's completing the actual system everything everything was functional nothing failed um that the flight was a success um, whether that comes back to Earth or, or stays up in space and circulates, it, it, it is a success. It's no longer a prototype there. It's what they call the actual system. So the, the, the engineering designs got to be finalized, pretty much finalized, let's say, right? And, yes, and, yes. And they might validate it again in the, prop, in the relevant environment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and again, this it's all about sort of qualifying and making sure that everything's okay, ready for the final stage, which will be at level nine. Now, level nine is all systems go. We get the countdown, and and basically we we're building the final product. Now, you know, again, this is a one-off. It's very very specialized, and and it's not mass production at all. You know, by any stretch of the mm. imagination, um, but very very specific in their controls and the measures and what they're doing on developing this particular product. Um, and what they're calling level nine is like a flight proven through success or, or a successful mission operation. And that's their quick description of, of level nine. And that basically means it's all system go. Everything's been proven. So each level has been very, very tightly controlled with respect to what is the deliverables, what are the objectives and what are the deliverables. And you're not allowed to move forward until that has been met. And then level nine is, mm. let's go, let's go launch. Right. And let, let's go down. Also, the higher in the levels, okay, of course, the, the closest it is to being ready for use in an actual mission, maybe in a high-stake mission, but also the, the more reliable, because already in, in level seven and eight, they could actually use it, they test it, they validate it, they find it it works in the right environment. But level nine is really okay. It's it's reliable enough. We can use it and there's a low chance that it, it will malfunction, you know, fail, maybe if it's part of the engine, you know, maybe blow blow the whole thing up. It it's relatively reliable, right? And that that's that's the the, the idea here. 
and and they stop at level nine. Okay, now it, it's interesting because this was again in the seventies, in the eighties, in the nineties. This has been used, and some of our, especially European clients, sometimes they say, "Well, we're at TRL five, and then they expect us to uh, to understand. Ah, oh, okay, all right. So you you have a rough proof of concept that's actually working. All right. So there's still a lot of work. <laughs> on, uh, you don't have maybe your custom PCBA designed and, and so on yet. You don't have right. It's it's maybe the enclosure is 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 not designed the right way to be a plastic injection molded, for example. Uh, maybe you haven't completely completed the, the the selection of the I don't know some of the components, maybe the camera, maybe some sensors and so on. Okay, we we understand that. That's fine. But the problem is. Is this really something that can be used uh, for products to be mass produced? Not really. And let, let's go back to um, <laughs> to spacecraft development in you know twenty twenty three. So and look at SpaceX because they really do uh, pushing the envelope. But it's not just SpaceX. It's um, what's it called Blue Origin by uh, Jeff Bezos, which is yeah. kind of doing the same thing with you know a few years behind and and virgin galactic as well uh, uh, virgin galactic is hmm. yeah for, for but that's really geared toward like um tourism right whereas blue origin yeah. and spacex are really for okay there's some demand for putting you know satellites up and and maybe more right so um th- these two in the usa uh anyway are are pushing the envelope and both of them have been working on reusable rockets. Okay. So, and, and, and probably the other ones are also working in that direction, but I don't really see it. Like the Ariane, um, European launcher is not really, you know, it's still like good old NASA with, with Boeing and Lockheed, uh, just thinking of, um, <laughs> one time launchers that can be reused and, and things that are very slow and, and very expensive. So anyway, let's look at cutting edge 2023 rocket manufacturing. Well, you mentioned before SpaceX has been working on the biggest rocket, right? And they they call it what the Starship? Yeah, Starship. It's gonna be huge, it's gonna lift, you know, so much um payload, uh, because that's the way to reduce the cost of putting one ton or one kg of of gear in orbit all right and the way they are developing it actually is much closer to mass production remember elon musk uh, learned a lot about mass production when he had to to ramp up production of the tesla model s and model 3 and so on so he's learned quite a bit about that and he's trying to apply these learnings to spacex he wants to be able to churn out at least one of these uh, Starship rockets per month. All right. That's yeah. what came out in the, the biography by Walter Isaacson of uh, of Elon Musk, because he's thinking, you know, still thinking, okay, we got to get to Mars. We got to get to Mars. Okay. But we need to sustain a colony. Like we got to, to send the rockets like at least a thousand times up. So, you know, we can't do it with just one or two Starship. This, this has to be, much closer to mass production, <laughs> right? What, one, it's going to be a what, fleet, yeah. Yeah, exactly. What, one a month 
to a car manufacturer is is sounds like a joke because uh, a car factory you know churned out a, a new car in less than a minute but uh, but for that industry it's really much closer to mass production than uh, what NASA and the EU space agency and, and others have been working on so this model here is really showing its limits because there's nothing about the manufacturing readiness level, right? Which is another interesting concept that we refer to sometimes when a client says, well, we could use this like that and, you know, this material with this process and we're like, hmm, is the manufacturing really really um, ready, right? Just like, for example, when Steve Jobs was pushing for um, uh, Gorilla Glass, Right, everybody told him, no, 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 no. We got to do it in plastic. You know, the iPhones get to to have a a plastic display, and then Jobs was like, he thought about it and he said, no, no, no way, no way. It's got to be glass. Yeah. And uh, everybody said, no, 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 forget it. It's really impossible. Well, he went to see uh, well Corning, I guess, one of the big glass manufacturers. He said, well, we've been developing this. Maybe it's going to work, right? So this was still relatively low manufacturing readiness level, but then. They made it work with, you know, extreme uh, dedication from a, a number of engineers, obviously, and they did they did take some risks here, but it it went well. But there's, there's some other manufacturers. What was that? A, a sapphire? Or, I don't know. Some new kinds of uh, displays that committed to doing certain things for Apple did not deliver and went straight into bankruptcy. I mean, they, they, they built a new factory to make it and so on and so forth, but the manufacturing readiness level was so poor uh, and, and they did not improve it on time and they just, yeah, they just went out of business. So you, you get to really think also of the manufacturing process and maybe we can cover what is missing, right? What, what is it that's missing? So when you are up to uh, level nine, it means that, yeah, you have a prototype, but it might only be just one prototype that actually does the job in the environment where it's supposed to do the job and so on and so forth. And we, we could we could think also it looks good, right? Because it's not really a consideration for <laughs> for rockets uh, or, or, you know, whatever. But some of these systems are hidden inside, you know, or maybe it's a, it's a rover, maybe it's whatever that's supposed to, to be used um, in 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 uh, in space, uh, so let's say there's a work like and look like prototype that has been validated that is okay. <laughs> well, let's get back to relatively mainstream electronic products, right? What 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 is missing here? What what would be the next logical steps? Well, it's, I, I think if we're looking at uh, c- comparing the NASA system or the framework and and what we typically uh, sort of run with, with within our business, it's um there's there's quite a bit missing. To be fair, there's quite a bit missing. Mm-hmm. For example, if we mm-hmm. if you're going to be looking at producing or developing a, um, a consumer electronics product, one of the things you've got to look at is uh, marketing. Uh, for example, is there is there um, is there a sort of market for the product? Um, how are you going to market it? So these are okay. We're talking about the final product and how many it can sell. However, that is all part of the feasibility and and potentially goes through into the prototype phases 
um, that we used to um, with respect to confirming their product, not just from a manufacturing point of view, but should we actually manufacture? You know, and going back to um, mm. sort of the uh, sort of the glass manufacturers, you know, maybe they missed out the feasibility step. You know, this is a key aspect with respect to the feasibility study carried mm. out with respect to can we actually produce this glass for um, the, the, this brand new uh, out of this world iPhone that uh, so Steve Jobs came up with back back in the day, maybe they maybe they went straight to the prototype, and we see this quite quite a lot of the times. You know, sort of people come to us with respect to um, developing a new product, and they want to jump straight into the prototype. You know, which yeah. is a, which is a big mistake. You know, they have to go through that feasibility study to start with, which we can uh, sort of discuss later. However, you know, some of the some of the areas that are missing within the TRL are you know having those multiple prototypes because it's such a specialized system because it's such a specialized um sort of product maybe it is the mars rover you know even so you know it, that that's maybe the size of a car i'm not sure the actual physical size of it but it's going to be very complex and, and um how many prototypes you're going to be building of this maybe you could build a few maybe you could build a uh, sort of number of prototypes but it's really a case of looking at these other what we want to call peripheral activities that go on in a general high mass production consumer product, not even considered in the in the framework for uh, sort of a TRL, not even considered because they don't need to. You know who's the customer? We're the customer. Yeah, NASA, um, SpaceX. We, we own. We are the customer. We're building our own product. You know, for our own use. Unlike somebody that's developing a consumer product um, that is going to be targeting millions of people potentially, you know, they need to validate that aspect to start with. Um, none of that, none of that is considered tooling, for example. Mm-hmm. That you may need some very, very specialized tooling when it comes to developing and, and, and creating and producing anything that goes up uh, into space, uh, particularly specialized materials. Um, but once it's made, it's made. Um, and, and even if we're talking about SpaceX creating a thousand rockets, maybe it's just a thousand when it comes to consumer electronics, that's, that, that's hardly worth creating any, any injection mold tools or, or, or anything <laughs> for, you know, it's such a low quantity. Um, so one, it, it's all about ownership with respect to who the, who the product's for with respect to how, how how things are validated with respect to that moving forward to looking at the you know the, the market where it goes into who's who's the product intended for and it's very very different mindset with respect to how you think and how you brainstorm um all of the questions with respect to what needs to be answered in both of the frameworks and i'm talking about both frameworks i'm talking about the trl with respect to the traditional one-off specific very specialized product or take for example our new product introduction process where we generally look at consumer products for the mass production mm, right right so a lot of things a lot of things missing here so trl is something that guides product development and one thing that is missing is the development of the process, which, uh, you know, the manufacturing process and also testing process and so on. So what is missing here 
is the idea about DFM, you know, design for manufacturing, design for assembly, design for testability, uh, things of that nature are missing. So if I were to take this, um, this TRL framework and adapt it to, to products to be made in, in mass production, I would, I would inject that. And also, yes, feasibility study. I mean, with regard to, yeah, manufacturability and so on. Right, same uh, same general idea. This is missing, and then really on top of it, when you get to level seven, eight, nine, well, you get to the to really transfer it to manufacturing. Right, so the big blind spot is thinking of the manufacturing process, and that's why we don't really use this framework internally. We, it's it's relatively risky, I think. That's how you get to people who have a prototype and sell the moon, but then they cannot deliver anything, right? Yeah. Uh, and Kickstarter and Indiegogo are littered by these types of um, of, of projects, but not just there. It's, it's so common. It's really sad. So you, you, get to, you get to do your feasibility study and really confirm that on the technical side, concept you're designing is really going to be manufacturable right otherwise um, and manufacturable at a certain level of quality and reliability and so on and so forth and it's going to be compliant etc et right um, in certain industries actually you don't have a choice there's regulations depending on where you sell right so if you sell medical devices in the eu or in the us among others, right? Um, you're going to be forced to work on the transfer to manufacturing, right? In um, the, the, F, the US FDA uh, 21 CFR um, says it clearly. It is, you know, they, they give you some, also again, some buzzwords like, you know, IQ, OQ, PQ, uh, and so on, right? When you... <laughs> You say, okay, it's going to be yeah. made this way. It's going to be on that type of uh, equipment for manufacturing. Okay, well, um, test it, you know, get get the supplier to make it. Uh, and, and then maybe if it's going to be made, okay, it's going to be made in this facility. Then in this facility, you get to have the equipment, make a few samples and confirm. And then not just a few samples, but I get to pick you, uh, you, you know, you, you, you have to like, qualify the performance. That's what they call it do a pilot run and actually confirm capability of the process, okay? On that equipment, on the methods and so on that you were planning, and you get to you get to actually show that, yes, we can make it consistently <laughs> in, a, in a relatively small series. And we have a plan for making it in larger series, you know, if you're planning to make large uh, mass production type of series, okay? Yeah, it's not just uh, uh, FDA 21 CFR, uh, IQ, OQ, PQ, something a bit similar anyway in ISO 13485. And then you have the the country-specific regulations, you know, like the EU uh, medical device regulation and and so on that uh, push you in that direction anyway, that push you in that direction. As you say, you've got no choice. You you have to go through that in in order to get regulated and certified. Exactly. In um, automotive parts, same thing. You have to follow the APQP. 
you know, advanced product quality plan uh, as defined in um, the IATF uh, 16949 standard, right? It's one of the, the core tools, as they call it, and they force you to develop, to design and develop the process in parallel as you are designing and developing the product, you know, the, or the automotive part, right? You, you got to make sure that you can make it at the right volume and at the right right quality and you get to make sure that you know there's there's a a large number of requirements and typically the 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 customer will give you sort of a checklist that's the the PPAP. you know this is everything that we need from you to validate that you can actually make it capacity and quality right but the thing is when you go to a lot of b2b or consumer products there's no such regulations that apply, right? And then people sort of apply whatever framework they want. And that's a bit dangerous because when you, it feels like you're free, but you, you have to follow, you have to follow these, uh, you know, some guidelines at least of good practices. Otherwise, your entire project might just go belly up, right? That's, uh, that's the risk. Of not following no, a process. Yeah, correct. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. You, you get to have a gated process, step-by-step validate that you're going in the right direction and you're building your product on, on a solid foundation. So that was an interesting overview. <laughs> Thanks a lot, yeah. Paul. I, no, that was good and interesting. I like that. Yeah, I hope that our listeners get some value out of it. Th- thanks again, Paul, and thanks everybody for, for, for listening. We'll be back as usual next week. Thanks a lot and have a good one. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophies Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sofeast.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com, to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share, because it will really help others discover us too.